listening to Two Jerks, One Vote, the Nurein Reviews Podcast. This time around, we're reviewing the Color Me Blank songs from Nurein 14, Round 3. You never thought you'd have to write a song with traffic sounds and a cameo from mom. Welcome to Two Jerks, One Vote. This time we're doing the Nurein Round 3. The title is Color Me Blank, meaning they could fill in that blank with whatever they wanted. The challenge being a sampled vocal hook. And I think, I'm not sure everyone knows what a hook is after listening to this group of songs. Some people do, some people didn't have as good a handle on what a hook is. So Yeah, and I decided I'm not going to get super pedantic about it, but I did kind of have the expectation that the thing that they sampled would be a little bit catchy. Yeah. yeah wasn't or, always the case. Yeah, yeah, or, or something that would be, I don't know. I, I guess it was wide enough that uh, any expectations that I had going into it should have been moderated a little bit. We still had 14 people submitting songs for competition. And uh, so we're obviously going to get a little bit of variation. Yeah. 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 Although some people used it in exactly the way I expected them to. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about the last round? Let's see. Who was eliminated? Mandibles and Lucky Spoon were both eliminated. And this time around, also, uh, Bafo Yucks dudes didn't submit to round three, so they're out. Right. Yeah, there were a lot of comments on the boards over last week's songs and rankings. And one thing that came up was something that Jerkatorium and Matchy Matchy have been annoyed at at previous years, where people were being dinged for criteria that was not a part of the challenge. And that's uh, something that I'd sort of advocated against on the judges' chat. But I think people dinged folks for stuff like that anyway. And now here being on sort of the other side of it, I kind of get it because here we are dealing with, you know, a couple dozen really good songs and songs that do not deserve to have these people eliminated and we're having to rank them against each other. So I think we're just sort of scrambling about for any kind of a justification that we can grab on to put one uh, band uh, over or under another band in this competition. And so I kind of get it. I still think it's it's sort of crummy, but when it comes right down to it, we're looking for any reason to, to put some of these bands in the bottom. Um, also, somebody suggested that we should rank before the podcast. So I know we didn't discuss this before, but I actually did my rankings already. Oh, great. And, you know, I uh, really like it when people tell me how to do my job. <laughs> oh, I just That just thrills me every time. It was just a suggestion. <laughs> and 
and their rationale was okay. So I was like, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. I'm not going to say for sure that I'm I'm going to stick to it, but uh, I do have to submit these earlier than usual because I got some some work to do. But uh, cool. But yeah, so uh, I, I, that's that's my plan for this one anyway. And also just a little bit of kind of background stuff. Uh, I'm really realizing that kind of cute and clever doesn't really pay off with the judges. You know, the the kind of stuff that I claim is a tradition in Nurain to try and subvert the challenge. There is no payoff with that with any of the judges. They don't think, oh, it's it's neat how they did this cute little pun or neat how they kind of got around the challenge by doing this. That that holds no weight for any of us, at least for this group of judges. That's a clue <laughs> to all of you. If you think you're being cute and clever, you're probably just shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky Spoon learned that lesson. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, I, I think I gave Lucky Spoon the highest ranking I guess other people just determined that it didn't meet the challenge as well as they wanted it to. So it got pretty low for most of the other judges. Which is a shame because it was it was a great song in a lot of ways. Yeah, but I guess that's the thing. Judges could find something that they could justify putting it uh, at an abnormally low kind of a ranking for. And that's the thing. There aren't any really bad songs. There aren't any really bad songs this round. No. So, it's, so it's hard. It was like I got to my rankings and I was like... How is this or that song that I liked so much and enjoyed, you know, seriously all the way down at six? You know, how am I down so far, you know, already? And I, and I enjoyed all these songs. So it's tough. But anyhow, OK, so wait, last round, though. No surprise to anyone that Agony Sauce won that round. Uh, so he has immunity this round and he submitted a song anyway. Yeah, he's a songwriting machine. So no surprise. Yeah. We call that a shadow entry, and it will not be ranked, but it is nonetheless greatly appreciated. And in addition to Agony Sauce, there were three more shadow entries from Inflatable Vegetables, Mandibles, and also one one from Vom Vorten, who is, of course, half of Vowel Sounds. And all of those shadow songs were great, too. They really were. Yeah. I had nice things to say about all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to them. We're going to get to them last, right? Yeah. All right. All right, so let's launch in with Abominominus. So this is a funny song, and it's very much tongue-in-cheek, but I only got that from reading the lyrics. Uh, if I'd had to try and figure it out from the kind of marble mouth performance, I wouldn't have gotten it. You know, And same with that Paula Cole sample. But it's kind of amazing how they got that sample to sound so very, very much like a flute. Yeah. So whatever they did there, very interesting. And the song is interesting, and it's not a bad song, uh, but uh, the vocal performance makes it pretty much unintelligible. Uh, and having said that, the song does seem a little one-note and a little kind of directionless for me, so it didn't rank very high. I like the overall feeling of the song. I like the fuzzed-out bass and I thought the mumbly but funny lyrics were much more intelligible once I read them. 
you know, once I read them, I could kind of make them out as they were going, and that made it a little bit more enjoyable for me. But I agree, without the lyrics, I would have been lost. And yeah, I, I do like how he altered that vocal sample so it sounded like a flute, almost like Paula Cole is singing her vocals through the flute, sort of like she's in Jethro Tull or something. I didn't really like it at first, but it, it grew on me. Good use of the title. I like the Color Me Quickly refrain being about people for whatever inexplicable reason rush to get all tatted up. And I feel like the lyrics were more cohesive this time around than some of his previous songs, which were more word salad. Although they maintain some of that character that I found so appealing in the previous songs. But the unintelligibility of the lyrics, I think, will be a problem for some. And, you know, clearer and louder would have really helped. So, next up we've got Berkeley Social Scene. We don't see the world the way that others do. They have clear delineation. We have super saturation. And I knew I'd catch you right from when I met you. I said my favorite number. Is the color blue So it took me a sec to realize that this is a song about people who have synesthesia. It's two folks with synesthesia who meet up and fall for each other, and they both see numbers as colors, I think. Certain sounds they hear are also associated with color, and I like that they built a little story around the title, and I think synesthesia is a really cool thing, and you know, I liked hearing a song about it. The clearest blue hook that they sampled in the pre-chorus I think works well. I like Ken singing on this one, but I feel like it would have been a little better with some kind of vocal change-up on the chorus. Um, maybe some harmonies or some backing vocals, because it was the same sort of chorus effect on the vocals all the way through, which detracted a little bit. I would have liked to have heard some variation. I really like the hi-hat drum pattern in the intro and again on the pre-chorus. I like the way the guitars are balanced on the left. The right side's got some sort of crunchy chords and the left's got little arpeggios. My ear did get a little bit fatigued on the left side from those arpeggios, and I think it would have been better to use them maybe a little bit more sparingly or turning them down a little bit. Yeah, so overall, I, I liked this song, and I felt like they did good on the challenge and on the title, and they made a song I wanted to listen to, so props for hitting on all three. Now, did you get the synesthesia angle from the lyrics or from comments or did, I mean, did you work it out for yourself yeah. or is this? Yeah, I worked it out by looking at the lyrics and then I realized that when she said his name, he saw the color blue and then they both saw, the, and, you know, blue was their favorite number, which uh, is something people with synesthesia, they experience like certain sounds can trigger colors and um, numbers are often associated strongly with colors. Oh, okay. I assume that's so what it's about. That that might be like a three-way read for it because, of course, you know, coloring by numbers is also that. That's what I thought it was. It was like paint by uh, numbers, yeah, sort of color yeah. by numbers. 
and but it could absolutely be sort of this three-way uh, metaphor where it's yeah painting by numbers and also synesthesia uh, it's I thought it was, uh, that that's an interesting angle but yeah I just thought it was painting by numbers but uh, but yeah as for the song in general I like the guitar work and it's a you know it's a fine enough love song I didn't thinking about it I didn't have that angle on it the lyrics seem to border on precious you know mm-hmm. uh, at least without the synesthesia angle but uh, great performances um the song itself didn't really do a whole lot for me like that sample in the pre-chorus seemed a little out of place and weird and then um i don't know the stereo effects during the chorus were really pretty cool though that all that stuff that was happening and bouncing around you know from ear to ear i like that a lot okay let's move on to faster jackalope hello there lady luck from what circle were you sent Like every time this came up on the playlist while I was listening today, I had to remind myself that it was faster Jackalope because I thought it just sounds so different, you know, and it's all good. That delay on the guitar really provides some drive for the song, and I like that a lot. It's a really good chorus. Yeah, the song, I like the song a lot. The effects on the New York bit were a little freaky, but all in all, I think this uh, song was a real success. Yeah, one thing I liked right away about this song was the rhythm guitar as coming into the chorus there's that first strummed held chord which i think is a really great way to start the chorus i also liked that delay guitar but when you mix it with the synth it's got a definite 80s feel to it which starts to back up some of my genre bias against 80s pop rock but i was able to get past it no problem thanks to the chorus i also like the melodic feel of the chorus one of my favorite parts of the song There's also a shift to harmonize vocal lead in the chorus, which I always love it when they do that. Give me something more in the chorus. I'm always happy to hear that. I liked how the sample bits fit well into the song's uh, rhyme scheme that uh, I didn't expect people would pick samples that rhymed. So I was pretty happy with that. Uh, But you're right. Some of the later samples don't sound natural that the way they were tuned. And I think I would have just omitted that verse entirely just to get rid of those bad-sounding samples. Yeah. Uh, so the phrase color me up, I guess, is a gambling term, which is what happens when the dealer pays out your winnings in higher denomination chips than normal, and they may ask for some change back from you. But it has a sort of effect of psyching out the player to bet more than they might otherwise. And so that fits into the whole theme of luck and betting it all, you know, putting it all in play and attempt to pay off their debts in New York or whatever. I didn't care for the first half of the solo. It kind of made me feel uncomfortable. There was some resolution in the second half, but I'm not sure it was really worth the first half's discomfort. But all in all, I liked the themes in this song. There were a lot of samples in there, and I liked how they used them. Let's move on to Frankie Big Face. I don't know if you 
So right off the top, there's this twinkly piano melody combined with this synth pad that makes me pretty sure I'm in for a ballad, which is not my favorite. That clicky, ratcheted percussion sound in my right ear isn't doing a lot for me, and I think it detracts overall. But what is doing it for me is the chorus. It adds some excitement to the song, which I think really helps. I really liked that that Bill Withers, I know, I know, I know, I know sample is an integral part of the chorus. So it's it's nicely integrated. And then there's also another bit from that same Bill Weathers, Withers song, I know I ought to leave that young thing alone, which gets repeated several times at the end. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with how the sampled material was used. But overall, I... I struggle with this song in some ways just the slow ballad is hard for me to get into and i'm not getting a ton of meaning and emotion from the lyrics and i'm left with the feeling that i don't really quite understand what the song is about i mean i get that being colored in and painted over is maybe about adapting to what the other person wants but it's just not super clear to me yeah, for the most part, my notes are kind of like yours. Uh, like, I know that electronic drum style is what all the kids are listening to these days, but I think it doesn't fit great with this song. On the other hand, though, I think this might be the best use of the sampled vocal hook for this entire round. Uh, I was really impressed with that. Uh, the chorus is fantastic, you know, all of it. All of the chorus is just great. I really like that tinkly piano stuff at the end, too. So I ranked this pretty high. Next up, we've got Grumpy Mike. When you're tired, weary, or dim, I light myself up so you let me in. And when you're so lonely that anyone will do, color me there just to spend time with you. So that part that goes, I'm canvas, baby, pause, pause, paint on me, uh, was a little awkward, uh, which is weird because he does that same sort of thing with the part that goes, your brush, your touch, and that works fine there. It's just that some of it, uh, I, I, maybe it was the delivery or something, but some of it worked better than at other points in the song. 
otherwise, this song does a good job of hitting the target it was aiming for, which is sort of a, a blues rock mood piece. It's good, but not the best we've heard from Grumpy Mike, I don't think. It was a little plotting, but it was good. I like the samples from Patricia Edwards. I thought they sounded really soulful, and they're the type of vocal hook that I imagined folks would be incorporating into their songs. I also really liked how the samples are a little bit layered, and I think they're a little bit panned. I listened to the source material where he got it from, so he came up with his own rhythm and layering for the samples, which I appreciated. It's interesting that Grumpy Mike used the same Color Me In idea in his song that Frankie Bigface did, but here it's a lot more explicit. You know, it's about the singer desperately wanting to please the other person and will do anything to reach that goal, including some not very pleasant things. I like the use of colors like blue being about being blue, obviously, and red for desire, and purple about being abused. And I think this is a a really, really solid use of the title. Musically, I think Mike's voice sounds great all over this song, and I really do like the slow blues feel of it. I think, though, he may have missed an opportunity for a bluesy solo, which might have helped break it up a little bit and maybe just uh, made it a little bit less plodding. Let's talk about Max Bombast. Hey, yo, lesson here, babe. You come at the king, you best not miss. So did you recognize the sample right at the beginning? I, I saw the lyrics page, so I knew it was coming. So that's Omar from The Wire, who's like one of The Wire's greatest characters. I have to say I'm loving the competitive jousting between Max Bombast and Grumpy Mike. I'm not sure if this particular phrase is aimed at Grumpy Mike, but it's the first thing I thought of. This phrase also gets repeated a little later in the song, and I'm pretty sure it's about defeating Trump. Like, you know, he's the king and you don't want to miss when you come at him. And, you know, but I like my interpretation of it. And I sort of like to think that Grumpy Mike takes it that way. And he sees, you know, Puce lurking behind every corner. (laughs) And if you Uh. went back and listened to the original Judy Collins isolated vocal, and she is singing the traditional melody of Amazing Grace. So Max tuned it to fit his melody and added some kind of tasty distortion to it. So I'm impressed with how he retuned it to fit. I'm not super into the political message of the song, and musically I like the verses more than the chorus, and I think they suffer a bit from lifting too much from Amazing Grace. Um, Just, there's a lot of Amazing Grace in there. Yeah, yeah. 
Having said that, the I think the processing on that sample is a little disconcerting. You know, it uh, it it strays a lot from the original, which is on purpose, obviously. But uh, it does sound a little, you know, a little too inhuman. Uh, which, again, I'm sure it was a, a conscious decision, a choice on his part. Uh, but I like what he did to incorporate it into the music. I like how he changed that up to fit his you know what his vision for it was which is great but yeah the song is great it's driving uh the layered bass is just amazing and yet still it's it's sort of not my favorite max bombast song but it's one of my favorites from this uh this round so great great job super you know aggressive it's it's his own style his own sound it's uh, just wonderful i liked it a lot all right now on to marison She paints her lips and sits at the edge of the bed Fleetwood Mac, uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Hart. Stop reading my notes. Uh, Marison, uh, also Marison, and then some Marison, and maybe a hint of Micah Summersmith in there with that with that accordion. But yeah, I, th- I thought this was lovely. And listening to the chorus, it's like, you know, what the hell kind of accord is that that the backing vocals are doing during the chorus? It's so strange and beautiful, and I have no idea what they're doing there, but it's just perfect. This is great, great stuff. This is wonderful. I, I just like this this one a whole lot, and it ranked very high on my list. I think the three-part harmonies are the first thing that gets everyone's attention right away in the song. It's really powerful how all three voices join at different times, so you can kind of hear the cumulative effect of them adding together. And then they all sort of pitch down in unison at the same time at the end of the line, which I think is so good. To me, that's a Crosby, Stills, and Nash sort of thing. The vocals are all just impeccably timed, and they sound amazing. The chorus is also really good. That delicate, lilting iron and wine sample, followed by those harmonized backing vocals. And then, you know, there's that there's no rest in the shadows line, followed by the response to the shadow from Nico Case, which I think sounds super natural. Almost like they recorded it just for the song. Uh, and the production is really fantastic. Those acoustic guitars sound really good. And I, I wasn't sure if it was a melodica or an accordion. Um, but yeah, the song is also just expertly mixed. You can hear all of the individual elements clearly. 
and what you do here is super clean. And there are some pretty nice subtle touches too, like right around the three minute mark for the acoustic guitar solo, there's a spot where the rhythm section gets quiet and then gently swells. It's really deftly done and adds a lot of excitement going into the solo. This song hits on every category for me. If that was a melodica instead of an accordion, then that's the best melodica. That's the best use of a melodica that I think I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, you hate the melodica, if I recall. I dislike the, yeah, I, I hate the melodica. Uh, I'm fine with the accordion, though. If it was a melodica, then um, that's amazing. So, But I'm going to put my money on accordion. All right, let's move on to Nick Soma. So I like the haunting, ethereal female vocals that he found and used in this song. They go pretty well with the dark, moody feel of the song. The beginning and ending, when it's just the piano and this ominous-sounding synth and those haunting vocals, sounds really atmospheric, like it's from a movie soundtrack or something. Full marks for sample usage, I thought it was really the right sample to use with this sort of dark and moody song. The guitar solo, I think, is also pretty tastefully done. I'm just kind of going over all the things I liked. But, you know, I'm less of a fan of the vocal melody and the way it's sung. The shape of the vocal melody doesn't really hold my attention, and the tone is just mopey. And, well, it makes sense in the lyrical context of the song. It's a sad song. But I would have liked to have heard some emotional change-up, like... You know, when you're in the situation where you're not in a relationship anymore and your color be gone, it seems like there could have been some anger in those, in the vocals that would have helped relieve some of the sadness. And it would have been a little less hard to take with all that overwhelming sadness, especially at, you know, the longer than five minute runtime the song has. 
I think Color Me Gone is a, a great turn, turn of phrase in this title, and I think that was well done. And I like the whole end of the relationship theme that goes with it. It's, you know, a good if somewhat conventional idea. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot too. I, I was, I liked the lyrics I thought were really, really good. Starts out sounding pretty spooky. And the lead vocal line, though, occasionally gets drowned out by the music and by that sampled vocal line. And that's not good. It's not good to do that. You know, if you're providing these great lyrics, then let's hear them. And that was a little frustrating, kind of like it was with the Abominominus. You know, ideally, we should be able to listen to this song and not have to go back to the lyrics page. Yeah. But yeah, otherwise, I like this song. You know, even though it wasn't all that, you know, rocking, that's not what it was going for. This was a neat sort of moody, interesting piece, you know, just because... I guess because it didn't just reach out and grab me and shake me like some of the other ones did, uh, it's kind of falling in the mid-range for me in terms of the rankings. All right, let's move on to Rachel Lane. bad cop i think the sampled vocal hook in this one is the spoken word bit from night of the living dead and you know that's that's fine with me i think but i know that you chumpy were worried about that going into this challenge that maybe you know people would do that when it's kind of not what you'd envisioned for this challenge i i think i heard other stuff too but it was almost inaudible in the background or maybe i was hearing something outside my headphones or something i'm not sure it was that quiet this is a novelty song and when you're doing a novelty song i think you need more laughs when you run it makes it fun for me that's i guess a you know a bit ironic or whatever and the uh, I love a man with brains. You know, th those aren't real side splitters. And there's a lot of what I, I think you'd call mugging in it, where it's like delivering this or that line spoken instead of singing with an exaggerated inflection to let you know that there's a double meaning here. 
this didn't bug me with the Agony Sauce diss track because the humor was kind of more sophisticated. And it didn't bother me with the Bafo Yucks dudes diss track because, you know, they didn't have the exaggerated mugging or signaling or whatever was there. But here, I feel like I'm being kind of, I don't know what the word is. I think I'm being a little condescended to, or it's not condescended. It's more like you're, you're, you're being led. Yeah. And it's a little obvious and the payoff isn't there. So, you know, great performance. I, I get it. It's very theatrical and it's very Elvira mistress of the dark, uh, sort of, but I don't know. I, it just, it just didn't reach me. You know, the wordplay it's all in your head is probably the more clever of the rest of them. Like, uh, it's better than I love a man with brains. Um, but, you know, props for eating brains. I think that's cool. The, the sample <laughs> ties in with the idea behind the song, but it's a little underwhelming because it's not catchy and it's not really musical. Like, you can use spoken word stuff in a rhythmically interesting and hooky way. Like, Negative Land can certainly do this. Uh, but this sample just doesn't really grab me or it doesn't really do much for me. Another problem I had with this song is that it's all tension and no release. It's all spooky and dissonant sounding, and I'm on the edge for most of it. And the points of relief that do come are few and far between. And honestly, it's it's a bit of a chore to get all the way through it. Yeah. Let's move on to Rain Watt. I missed out, but it's okay, because I've been catching up. I missed out. Things are better than they were. Things are better. I missed out. But it's okay, although you're losing track. I missed out. I wonder what you picture when you think of me. Cause it's so inconvenient. You pretend that nothing's changed. You just color me out like I'm not a girl, just weird and strange. You haven't made the difference. In these two years, you think that I'm the same. Yeah, like I'm the same. I missed out, but it's okay, because I've been cheering up. I missed out. So according to Rain, the sample in the song comes from her non-binary EP on Bandcamp, specifically the song Old Kid. Which, I, you know, I went back and listened to Old Kid, and that line, I missed out, is the first line of that song and while there are some nice callbacks to that song you know there's that line you've gotta know you've got a new kid in the song so it's like old kid new kid to me it sounds like she just re-recorded that phrase and added some harmony to it because you know it doesn't sound pitch shifted or manipulated you know it just sounds tailor-made for this song and you know i'm not too bent out of shape about this because i feel like she met the spirit of the challenge in recontextualizing a vocal, but I'm a little bit disappointed in how she got there. But having said that, I think this song is great. I love her melodies, her fuzzy lo-fi guitars, and that I Missed Out backing vocal is hooky and really nice. I also really like that bloopy synth melody during the chorus. It's easy to get with music that clearly comes from a place of passion, uh, with lines like, "'Cause it's so inconvenient, you pretend that nothing's changed, you just colored me out like I'm not a girl, just weird and strange. It's just some great lines in there, and she makes music that moves me pretty much every time. Yeah, 
it, me too. I, you know, I love this song, and this song got me to go check out the song where it came from, the uh, the old kid, and that's a wonderful song too, which is a, uh, which is great. I think um, I got to disagree with your kind of worries about the sample, though. I mean, you said that it, well, it sounded like it was tailor made for the song, but the whole thing is that these songs are, you know, ostensibly tailor made for you know to fit these samples in. You know, that's kind of the main thing of the challenge. And if it sounds like it fits too well, well, that's because it's the same person, right, right. <laughs> you know, the same voice. So it's like I, I totally get it. Not only that, I mean, you know as well as I do, the listeners don't, or at least most of them don't. But the original idea for this challenge was to compel people to use their own sample stuff, because at least that would be a way around... Um, what do you call it, around any sort of legal issues, not that anybody's really worried about that for this, but then also uh, it would be a, a way to kind of level the playing field more or less because people have a minimum of three songs that they could go with if it was just the Narine stuff and then whatever kind of back catalog they have. And, stens- and I'm sure that they ha- assumedly have their own, uh, you know, their own original tracks. So they'd be able to plun- plunder any of their previous stuff for, you know, musical stuff. Anyhow, this is a, a lot of background on stuff that didn't come to pass. Instead, we generalized it to whatever you want to take. But yeah, it's it's almost like Rain had some, you know, sixth sense that told her, okay, well, this was the spirit of the challenge. And I thought it was totally the spirit of the challenge. And, and it's a great uh, hook, yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's wonderful. It's a pretty long song. And at first I wasn't sure about that interlude, but the more I heard it, the more I really, really appreciated it. You know, I think a lot of song fighters would have just ended the song instead of going into that part where it all cuts out and, and starts going slower. And But what Rain did was kind of more ambitious and brave, and it really added to the, the overall development of the song. And I thought it was a great choice. And the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. That second half is where all of the old kid callbacks are from, I think. Yeah, just just great. It's it would have been a fine song if she'd cut it off there, but it's an excellent song that she kept that that second part in. All right, let's move on to Sunday Colors. Last night I had a dream that I was in your arms and things were okay. I finally found the strength Fly those four thousand miles one way. You flashed your half moon smile when I stepped off the plane. And in your hands and in your eyes, you held a sign to realize you'd color me someday. Okay, so great lyrics, and I really like the melody, and everything is going great, and then Lionel shows up, and it's so distractingly incongruous and loud, and so much, you know, differently produced. It's it's kind of alarming when that hits, like not in such a great way. I'm kind of like, you know, you're kind of like listening to this song, and then all of a sudden Lionel's in your ear, and you're like, ah! You don't have to shout. I'm right here. You know, it's like, it's like, it's, uh, yeah, it just, just kind of wasn't, uh, incorporated all that well, I don't think. Um, but, you know, I really, really sympathize with Neuriners for whom, you know, their songs are great except for the required challenge element, which sort of tanks it to some degree. Um, but, 
enough other people in this round had a better result in this challenge that it's going to hurt uh, Sunday Colors rankings on my list. You know, this this kind of weird, alarming jump into something so immediately recognizable and immediately this other thing. Yeah, it hadn't occurred to me that this would be a great opportunity for the Sunday Colors to write a theme song of sorts. Um, you know, they have colors in their name. And I'm pretty happy with what they did with the title on Color Me Sunday, you know, and how it paints the scene of someone who is obsessed with a past love and just can't let it go. I'm a sucker for those kinds of stories. This may be the first song, I think, by the Sunday Colors where there is evidence of multi-track recording. So I noticed some of these little acoustic guitar phrases that first come in between the first and second verses. And I think we get some soft backing vocals right before yeah. Lionel jumps right in your face. Yeah. And the thing about the Lionel thing, I think it would have worked slightly better if it also didn't transition right into the easy like Sunday morning backing track. I mean, it's not the backing track, but the guitars play the easy like Sunday morning harmony parts behind the, the melody. And I guess you can view that as an homage but I thought it was a little bit jarring, and but it was nice when it left that and went back to the song, which I thought was kind of well done. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I like the story behind the song. I like the title usage. I like the melodies. Um, I liked a lot of the song, but it was a little jarring. I have a feeling it's just because, you know, mixing is probably not something they've done a lot of. You know, I think this may be one of their first multi-track recordings we've heard. It takes a little bit of practice to get those transitions a little bit smoother. Okay, so next up we've got Third Cat. When you're feeling down You can't stand me acting like a clown Man, you need me to be Just like the man you wish to see You can color me And thematically, I feel like this is a, a bit like Grumpy Mike's song, where it's about, you know, being someone somebody else wants you to be. You can color me blue or color me pink or color me white or whatever. The color coding isn't quite as easy to follow in Third Cat's song as it is in Grumpy Mike's song, but it works in the context of a kind of a trippy song that has this weird line about frying somebody's eyeball, which is not exactly a romantic yeah. gesture. And I wondered if it was a throwback to the shock value challenge. I don't know. I guess it makes sense. It's a little weird. The song's trippy and weird, so it, it's not totally out of place. And there are a lot of processed sounds in the song, so sometimes I'm not always sure which parts are third cats and which parts are from the Beatles song. Obviously, the because line is probably a good candidate for that. You know, because Third Cat is singing on top of that line, it's really hard to make it out. But I think I've made out where some of those samples are. Um, musically, the song is both pretty and strange at the same time. And I'm a big fan of the guitar solo. I love the tone of that guitar. And I think it works well with those reverse cymbal sounds. 
Uh, the sonic landscape of this song is just lush, and it makes for an enjoyable, if kind of weird, listen. Yeah, there was some, you know, chatter about potential kind of use issues. You know, what balls to use a Beatles sample? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for third. Cat. It's pretty buried, though. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I, I clicked on the link to the YouTube thing, and it's uh, pretty much right there. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean that that whole because thing is just the Beatles, uh, you know. So or I mean at least it's all the vocal parts of it are. But yeah, I, I thought the chorus is great, but the verse lyrics, the couplets are simple rhymes that are a little kind of disappointingly basic. You know that down clown, strange change, real feel. It's like you can hear that stuff coming from a mile away. But then, of course, that eyeball part comes, and it's like, no, I didn't see that coming at all. What the? Who uses a <laughs> clove to dig out an eyeball? Yeah, like a broken clove. Yeah. I wonder if it's just the, for the O sounds or something. But like, I, you know, I, I even Googled broken clove, and that, I just, just nothing. Nothing. That was that was different and wild, and I have no, I still have no idea what they were talking about, if anything. Yeah, so it was very interesting uh, and a great sort of a turn there. So yeah, I don't know. This was a mix for me, and I kind of, I think I put it somewhere in the middle, ish. All right, next, Ujin Hunter and Friends. Color me however you see me. Color me any way you please. Can control how other people see you. Can control what other people do. So. Decide what to do. Just be sure to color me when you can truly see. For your colors will always be a part of me. Before you. This reminds me of their submission to the They Know song fight. And uh, I like this song. It's dramatic and it's a little weird. And I think it's good in general, but I also think this is one of the bottom three incorporations of the sample hook. And that's, uh, you know, going to sort of be a problem for this uh, in terms of the rankings for me. I, yeah, I just wasn't sure about that. Yeah. So I think you mentioned that the color sample is from the Merriam Webster website which is an interesting place to get a sample. And it sounds like maybe it's a little bit manipulated. I think it's pitched differently in a couple spots, and it sounds kind of distorted. It's not catchy. You know, that's the danger when you pick a spoken word sample for your vocal hook. I mean, it's rhythmically, it's in time, but overall I can take it or leave it. I don't think I've ever heard Ujin sing so much with a full voice before. And some of the sung lines in the song feel really strong and bold. So color me impressed there. I like the dramatic feel of the song, and there's some nice vocal melodies in there. There's kind of a nice touch when, at the end, he sings, Be sure to color me when you can truly see me. And there's some really high voices singing with him, and to me that sounds like a boys' choir or something 
which I think feels perfect. I mean, lyrically, this is pretty good. It's about people's perception and judgment. And I feel like he used a literal blank in the title and concept and left it up to you, the listener, to make up their own mind about how to color him, which I think is a cool take on the title. But yeah, I had the same concerns with the sample as you did. Just not a great usage. Yeah. And as for the vocal delivery, again, this this is very much like their they know submission. And I think this is that one where there was an Ujin and Rev submission and then also a Rev and Ujin. And I think this was the Ujin and Rev. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember. But yeah, it's it's a good song and it sounds uh, sort of n- not like this, but it's uh, it's very much the same sort of a vocal delivery. And uh, and I, I enjoyed that song. And I enjoyed this song too. I, again, I think it did a really you know, not so great job with the, um, with the challenge though. All right. Rounding up all of the songs that are competitive this time around, we've got vowel sounds. My true love in the first hours of the dawn rolls over to check his telephone in bed in the last minutes before sleep. He's texting as I slip off into my dreams. worry about, but I feel like I'm fading slowly out of sight. His best friend's so witty, and even I can see that he'd be better off with someone clever than me. And I ask myself, song is chock full of samples including the main robin hitchcock is this love one some backing vocals from this rap track color me bad and a cameo from depeche mode enjoy the silence which is kind of cheeky there's probably a few more that i'm forgetting i especially love how they layer on uh the is this love sample at the end of the song with some gorgeous counter melodies from owl and some harmonies also sung by owl it's very, very nicely done. I'm also pretty impressed with this lyrically. I feel like uh, all those bird references, like the the whippoorwill and the thrush and the bower bird, and of course Robin, who is you know Robin Hitchcock, but also the bird Robin, and the shifting lines uh, about the whippoorwill calling endlessly, her haunted cry, yearning for flight. They really paint the picture of a lonely wife wanting the attentions of her husband. I'm really into the, the song musically as well. The chorus really is really good. Owl's soaring harmonies and Vom's gorgeous production has got wood blocks and triangles and bird sounds and xylophones and acoustic guitar. Just sounds really good for me. This is this is one of my favorite songs of, of this particular round. Yeah, it was great. The samples they used, you know, like that Enjoy the Silence sample. Are, are you familiar with that song at all, Jumpy? <laughs> I believe that is the first song we ever did together is we did a cover of that terrible song. Yeah, for a, for a, a song fight, a side fight. Uh, but, uh, God, I, I uh, hope uh, you can't find that on the boards because it is so cringeworthy. <laughs> so cringeworthy. It's, it's literally the first thing we ever did together. 
but uh, but yeah, no. Uh, but this song, this vowel sound song, it's a delight in the headphones. Uh, the fun interlude bits are super cool, where things go out and it's all this wild sort of percussive stuff going on. Very very interesting. Now, having said that, it, it might not have a perfect flow, but it's still really great. It's wonderful lyrics and great performances. It kind of sounds a little bit like it starts and stops a lot throughout. I mean, not completely stops. I guess what we would call dynamics in a previous fight just sort of got the better of me for this song a little bit. It's still, you know, again, one of my favorite of the round, so it's it's good. But, but yeah, uh, it's, it's a minor nitpick. The imagery, though, is fantastic. Just like you mentioned, all of those birds and everything, just just great. I like this song a whole lot. And this is in the Ouija-verse, so this is... Okay, so uh, they had the, the meeting over the Ouija board, and then the guy went and married somebody else, and so the second song was the other half of the Ouija board song, kind of thinking about him and his fiance and wife and now this is more from the viewpoint of the wife to this dude so yeah this this is not good for um uh the Bechtel test <laughs> this is the Bechtel test you don't know oh man okay this, that's a whole other podcast you don't know what the Bechtel test Bechtel is. test no okay yeah that's it, uh, you gotta have to wiki it man all right it's too too much for this podcast i'll get on that all right. Okay, well, that's it for the competing songs. Uh, let's go over the shadow entries. I'm glad that they're calling them shadows instead of in rooms or whatever. Uh, but anyhow, yeah, so the first shadow entry we're going to say is from Agony Sauce, the winner of the last one who did not have to submit a song this time because he's immune, but he did, and we're all glad he did. Color me by number. There's a plan for where you fill things in Color me by numbers For the same result again and again You can use a cookie cutter to retain the shape And if I was more like you I wouldn't hesitate songwriting machine like i said before i'm not at all surprised he did this and yeah do you think he's doing all the challenges i think so yeah i think i mean that's my first line here glenn is definitely doing that thing there's spelling there's dynamics there's some light dissing uh and of course the sampled vocals you know it's a it's a good strong song with neat lyrics and it's and he's 
he's piling up on top of everything you know we are still figuring out what the uh, what the different challenges are going to be so we're going to have to try and trip him up somehow <laughs> do something that's exactly inconsistent with something else that was in a previous fight i don't know i don't know how we're going to do that but yeah i really like how he incorporated the sample into the chorus and i like the guitar solo and the guitar work throughout is good and interesting it's it's a great great piece it's it's good that he can't get immunity twice yeah and you know this is not my favorite song of the fight but it's pretty solid i do like how he integrated that ride the waves and don't ask where they go sampled very nicely integrated sounds like it belongs there so i guess we'll really know if he's doing this if in the next song there is a sampled vocal hook we'll we'll have to wait for that let's talk about inflatable vegetables you sat by me at first grade art wooden tables plastic chairs dry glue on our fingers stink of cheap tempura paint I was a new kid with superpowers I could bend Crayola crayons Teacher gave us manila paper Draw a picture of your best friend Color me with crooked crayons I'll draw you beige with sky blue dreams We're both reaching for the future With badly rendered hands So my first impression of the song is, wow, this is a good chorus. I like the strings. I think the lyrics are good. We're both reaching for the future with badly rendered hands is a cute line. Yeah. Um, I guess that's how the crayon bends. Another great line. The chorus is just really well sung, too, and I love the vocal melody, and it's very strong vocal melody. I couldn't quite find a sampled vocal hook, but it's a shadow. He doesn't necessarily need one. And I kind of like the nostalgic look back on his first grade crush. It's a cute song. I liked it. Yeah. Actually, this was one of my favorites of the round. It's uh, And it's a shame he was eliminated. The song has a little bit of awkward phrasing and, or delivery here and there, but it's, it's such a great idea and so specific and so evocative. I, I saved the picture I drew in first grade. Yeah. You probably threw yours away. It's so pathetic and romantic. <laughs> and I don't know, it, it hit me just right, the way that something pathetic can 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 turn you to it <laughs> you know it's like oh and it's but it, it's not like it's i don't pity it it's more like oh i don't know how to put it but it, it's this this just rides that line that i like so much so well so I, I like this song a lot it's one of my faves all right but let's move on to mandibles this is your this is your this is this is your world daylight fade into blacks and grays and our colorful exchanges yellow on the pages I'm unmade in a cloudy haze and I don't paint my own nature with such nomenclature but if you just color me in 
This is this is this is another great one, a great shadow entry, and. You know, I, I kind of wish there were reinstatements like there are in spin tunes. You know, th- this is definitely music to nod along to. It's sweet, and it's really well produced, and it's great performances, and it's a wonderful song. I think maybe the Bob Ross thing might have been a little overdone, a little overused. It's uh, it's still fine. That's a nit that I picked despite really, really enjoying this song. So yeah, I thought this was a great, great job. Yeah, I really like Truth's deep, rich voice on this one. The sample works pretty well, even though it's spoken word. But at the end, it's pretty amazing. Like, Bob Ross is is talk singing in rhyming couplets, which is impressive. It made me wonder how much Bob Ross material they had to listen to to sort of cull (laughs) together the parts that rhyme. I, I admire their gumption on that. You know, and what I thought when I was listening to this, it's hard to believe that this is the same band that was eliminated last time. The mix is clean and balanced, and everything sounds meticulously crafted. I really love Cybronica's backing vocals, which are gorgeous, yes. and just add yeah. a lot of really nice texture to the song. Yeah, I, I really like this song quite a bit, and it, it is a shame that it is just a shadow. Yeah, yeah, Cybronica, we heard your ooze back there. They are beautiful and fantastic, and they sound so good and so nice. But uh, But yeah, impressive, impressive, impressive. All right, and finally, we're going to wrap this thing up with Vom Vorten. Another day at the office, another humdrum day of life, another how your kids, Susan, another Richard, how's the wife, and the documents are stacking up, though I'm knocking them down, and the color in my face fills the creases in my frown. You make me feel alright You color me in You color me in I really love the song hook from that Can I Sing a Rainbow song It uses a pleasing counter melody to Vom's chorus I like it a lot, not only because it adds something really nice to the song, but it's also pretty obvious that it's a sample and from a different song, but it works because it fits so well, and it kind of reminds me more of a mashup. That was one of the things I really appreciated about that. And I think lyrically this works, and it's one of the better uses of the you color me in idea, where, you know, work makes him feel all black and white and colorless and monochrome, that his person is the person who colors him in and it's and it's sweet and it works well for me yeah i thought this was a great song it's it sounds almost a little christmasy i thought um which is not you know not a bad thing it's really nice uh some of the glassy synth sounds interfere a little now and then but it doesn't bug me at all it's a good solid song and i liked it a lot it's just kind of amazing how much stuff these guys are doing uh right now they're doing Let's see, they each had a submission for Song Fight, plus they're doing vowel sounds, plus uh, Vom did this. So it's like, I think, you know, Next Narine might just be, <laughs> uh, might just be vowel sounds and Miscellaneous Owl and Vom Vorten and Budget Bears all just battling <laughs> out against each other. So I, I would I'd listen to, to that. That'd be awesome. That'd be great. 
I, I don't want to judge it, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. Yeah. Did you yeah. have any thoughts about this particular round or? Let's see. It's harder than ever to, to rank. And it's a real chore. And, you know, up till the last minute, I was still shuffling things around. And I might still shuffle things around even afterwards. You know, my top three in order are Rain Watt, Marison, and uh, Max Bombast. And then after that, in maybe not in order, but uh, there's Faster Jackalope, Frankie Big Face, and Vowel Sounds. And then the rest of the stuff is just jumping all over the place in my list, depending on when I hear the song. Because every time I hear any one of those songs, I think like, oh, that shouldn't be down that far. And then I put it up. But that, you know, that pushes something else down. And whatever it pushes down doesn't deserve to be down at the bottom either. This is really frustrating that I, I don't know how to put it like. I don't want anybody who is put down in the bottom three to think, oh, or the bottom four or five or whatever is going to put them in jeopardy to think that, oh, that means that these were bad. It's That's not the case at all. It just means that we have to rank. And even if we like these songs, some of them are going to have to be in that level. You know, it's so frustrating. For me, I think the top is Marisan, Rain Watt, and Vowel Sounds. And I'm not sure how things are going to shake out in that order. Yeah, and then it's the rest of it's going to be hard. Grumpy Mike is kind of leading the upper mids for me. Him and Max Bombast are battling it out. Yeah, then then it gets really hard. Yeah, yeah, it's too difficult. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know what to say to these people, too. It, it's so weird to say, if we ranked you dead last, that doesn't mean that we didn't like the song. But it's true. You know, it's just weird to, to say it, but somebody has to be dead last in each of our rankings and there, there weren't any songs that I disliked. All right. Well, uh, is that it? Any shout outs? I think that's it. Oh yeah. Do you want to plug the new ugly? Yes, absolutely. Listen to the new ugly. It is available on songlander.com or through your iTunes or, uh, I don't even know what it is. My my app, my podcast app, just kind of loads it in there uh, against my will. Uh, <laughs> Wherever quality podcasts can be found, it's uh, they do a, a good thorough talk through the songs also, which is great. Major props to all of the judges. I think we've had five out of five reviews every round this time, which is great. Yeah, and it's just going to get less time consuming. Let me put it that way. I'm not yeah, going to say easier. Yeah. It's not going to make it easier. <laughs> easier is get... not a thing in this case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, other than that, shout out to Brian and Alice. Thanks for being on our previous uh, Song Fight podcast. Uh, shout out to my husband, Andre. Thanks for all your love and support and your patience. And shout out to Nivius. Thanks for doing such a bang up job on getting the turnaround done so quickly. He warned us that uh, the turnaround was going to be late, but it was like not all that late at all. It was like maybe 90 minutes late or something like that. So it was still incredibly impressive, you know, how quickly he got it around, even knowing that it was going to be late. So, um, yeah, just just amazing work, Nivius. Who else? Anybody? Glenny. Got to give him shout outs for that killer cover art. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. Really, really cool. Yeah, and if you have ideas for cover art for No Memory, send them to Nivius. 